you didn't know, that was Morse code for SOS, the international signal for distress. And this episode will be about what you can do while having a personal SOS in the form of experiencing extreme emotional arousal. It could be intense anger, panic, feeling overwhelmed, or actually on the verge of having a panic attack. This is about the emotional distress level that is known as our fight or flight response, also known as our stress response. So what I'll share in this episode are some science-backed, in-the-moment skills that you can use in the heat of the moment, when you feel like you could lose it at any moment, when you need help to arrive and not a moment too soon. And I just said the word moment a bunch because that's the acronym that revealed itself once I started writing these down these break-in-case-of-an-emergency type skills. The acronym MOMENT stands for Movement, Outdoors, Mindful Breathing, Expand, Nose, and Temperature. All six of these are ways to quickly activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the part of our nervous system that calms us down. It's often referred to as the rest and digest part. And this parasympathetic nervous system, what it does is it, it balances out or keeps in check our sympathetic nervous system, which is the part that, that cranks things up and does that whole fight or flight thing. So first up on this moment acronym, the M of movement. All right, on a basic level, emotions are designed to get us to move. It's right there in the word, emotion, to evoke motion. And the more intense the emotional distress, the more intense the motions need to be to fire up that parasympathetic response. And just 10 minutes of intense aerobic exercise, it will significantly change the chemistry of the mind and the body. I've heard it said before that continuing to just sit still while experiencing intense emotions is sort of like filling up your car with gas and never taking it for a drive. The fact is, we need to move. Some examples of what you can do. Go for a run, sprint out that door, or drop down and do some push-ups, sit-ups, jumping jacks. Go to a gym if you can. Whatever is available and feels doable in the moment. But whatever you choose to do, make sure you do it with intensity. And a huge side benefit of these types of intense movements is that while you're doing them, yeah, it's almost impossible to say, do, text, or email something that you'll regret at a later time. So that was the first stem. Next up, the letter O of outdoors. So if the panic, the rage, whatever it may be, when it arrives while you're inside, Often, the best thing to do is just get outside. The confined and artificially lit boxes that we spend the majority of our days in, they usually aren't the best place to process powerful emotions. Just stepping outside can pull you into the present moment, shifting you from being consumed by the chaotic and concerning cognitions to a focus on our sensory experience. That can come in the form of feeling the warm sun on your face or the wind in your hair. In general, we tend to take deeper breaths when we are outside. Dr. Roger Walsh said it well when he said that nature heals and calms, removes mental trivia, and reminds one of what really matters. All right, quick story time here. When I was in college, I was having panic attacks. So I went to see this, uh, this older Jedi-type therapist, this perfect white beard, tweed jacket with the uh, leather elbow pad things. It was wonderful. But he was going to retire in a couple of months, so this guy wasn't messing around, which ended up working for me. But anyways, he told me at the end of one of our sessions that my homework for that week was to get up the following morning, eat a healthy breakfast, and then go sit by the creek next to my house 
and try to have a panic attack. This was a Jedi move because he knew a few things about panic attacks. First thing, harder to have them after eating something healthy. Second, it's almost impossible to have a panic attack if you're trying to have one. Because if you're trying to make it happen, you're actually sending a message to the brain that it must not be all that dangerous. But let's get back to the O of outdoors. What this grizzled vet was also aware of was the grounding, the therapeutic benefit of the outdoors. It pulls us into the present. It provides a space between ourselves and our thoughts. When the mind is moving too fast, it will slow things down. I've always liked that quote from Emerson that goes, adopt the pace of nature. Her secret is patience. Okay, next letter, third letter, the second M, which stands for mindful breathing. So there's this cliche in sports that goes, your best ability is your availability. I share that because I think it applies to mindful breathing. Because when panic or some other extreme emotional arousal arrives, if it arrives while you're standing shoulder to shoulder with people in an elevator or maybe in line at a grocery store or you're sitting in a meeting or in your first period class, if any of those are happening, the first two options mentioned, movement and the outdoors, well, they might not seem or be immediately available. That's the beauty of mindful breathing. It is always available. It's right there under your nose. Breathing is the only thing that you can do entirely consciously or entirely unconsciously. So this mindful breathing is about bringing your attention to your breath. And to share one type of mindful breathing exercise, and it's the one I most frequently use and share with others, here's Dr. Andrew Weil to describe the 478 breath, also known as the relaxing breath. In this, you try to keep your tongue in the yogic position, touching the tip of the tongue to the ridge of tissue just behind your upper front teeth like that and try to keep it there the whole time. You breathe in quietly through your nose to a count of four and you hold your breath for a count of seven and then blow air out forcefully through your mouth. <sighs> Helps if you purse your lips out and you make a whoosh sound when you do that. So the exercise begins by letting all the air out through your mouth. Then you close your mouth, breathe in silently to a count of four, hold your breath for a count of seven out through your mouth audibly to a count of eight, and you will repeat this for four breath cycles. So there you go, the four, seven, eight breath. A link for the full video is in the show notes. And if you don't like that particular pace, that's fine. Any mindful breath that gets you to breathe deeper, slower, and more regular, with the exhale being longer than the inhale, any breath that does those things, it will lower your emotional arousal. Maybe you've heard it before, but calm the breath, calm the mind. But the reason, this episode includes six in the moment skills and not just mindful breathing is because for many people, and I'm a part of this group, when the emotional arousal is extremely high, being mindful of the breath will often result in the realization of, oh my God, I can't breathe. So that's why I'm providing several other options. And the cool thing about these next three options of expand, nose, and temperature is that you might not have ever heard of them or tried them. Okay, so the E of moment is expand expand your vision. So when the stress response is really fired up, many people's vision will become more narrow. The peripheral vision is reduced. If you've ever experienced tunnel vision, you know this one well. And to geek out a bit on this one, because I think it's interesting, usually the first thing the fight or flight response does is dilate the pupils, which allows the eye to take in more light so we can fully take in our surroundings. This was an adaptive quality that allowed our ancient ancestors to locate any potential threats more quickly, which obviously increased the likelihood of survival. 
So then, why would this same system narrow our vision? Well, the theory is that when our stress response is extremely high, this system misfires because it believes we don't need to locate the threat because it's already been found. So the body produces these crazy high amounts of adrenaline, which shrinks our field of vision so we can fully focus on the danger right in front of us. That's a cool system, right? Well, not when it's misfiring and there is no real or immediate threat in our field of vision. So this E of expand is about expanding your field of vision. If you want to give this a try, what you do is relax the eyes, soften them a bit, the muscles around the eyes if they're tense. And with your eyes focused straight ahead, see if you can expand your field of vision without moving your eyes. Expand it by widening it, expanding that peripheral area of your vision. And once you've expanded it, explore it a bit, but again, without moving your eyes. What this will do is it will activate the parasympathetic response and tell our emotional systems that there is no real or immediate threat. Next up, the end of nose. This is where you will pinch your nose with your mouth closed and try to blow out that nose without letting any air out. I know that sort of doesn't make sense, but it's like what you would do when you're on a plane and you're trying to pop your ears. This is something called the Valsalva maneuver. If you want to give this one a try, what you do is breathe in for a count of five, then pinch your nose closed, and then try to exhale through the nose for five seconds. What this does is it increases the pressure in the chest and abdominal cavities which stimulates the vagus nerve. And when that nerve is stimulated, it activates our parasympathetic response, which again, lowers our emotional arousal. And if the how-to of this one doesn't make sense, another way to explain it is plug your nose and pretend you're on the toilet, yeah, and trying to take a, a number two, a deuce, a, a poop, if you will. But with this Valsalva maneuver, you don't need to push super hard. I don't want anybody blowing out their eardrums or developing hemorrhoids. You just need to push hard enough to create a little pressure. And finally, the T for temperature. This is about using cold water to activate something called the mammalian dive reflex. This is a primitive reflex that we still have that is designed to keep us from drowning. So when our face is submerged in very cold water, our parasympathetic nervous system thinks we're underwater and might be drowning. So it starts up and goes into survival mode. It lowers our heart rate and blood pressure. It restricts blood and oxygen from going into our limbs and instead uses them to preserve our brain and other essential organs. This tea of temperature can be done by taking what some people call a, a Scottish shower, aka the James Bond shower, which is where you end your shower by turning the temperature as cold as it will go and standing there and rinsing off for 10 to 30 seconds. Or you can fill a bowl with very cold water, put your face in it. If you don't have time for all that, you can just go into the bathroom, hold your breath, and then splash cold water around your nose, eyes, and forehead. Just make sure that the water gets into the nostrils. And for all these, holding your breath while doing any of them increases the calming response. So there you go. What you can do in the heat of the moment. Six ways that are backed by science to lower extreme emotional arousal. Just remember, or write down the acronym MOMENT, which again stands for movement. Outdoors, mindful breathing, expand, nose, and temperature. And to close this episode out, it looks like, this is wild, my dear friend, Tim McGraw, just left me a voicemail sharing his thoughts on this episode. I'm going to hit the uh, speaker phone here. Just allow Tim to play us out. Until next time. 
You rescued me just before I crossed the line And not a moment too soon Without a minute to spare You slowed my heart When I didn't have a prayer In my darkest hour With my world filled with gloom Acronym. Acronym. Acronym.